Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Forza Italian Football Europod. I am Dov, as always, and this week, or yeah, this or this week, this time, I'm joined by Vieri Capretta. Vieri, how are you doing? Hello. Well, I'm doing better than Italian football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think I remember when we did the first one of these uh, Europod things after the first week, and where the Italian teams, I think, won one five of six games. Um, and now we're at the end of the six games, and they only they didn't even win any games this week, which is terrible. No, and the only result that wasn't a defeat, Inter's home draw, uh, count for nothing. So, yeah, so it was as good as a defeat essentially. Um, right. So, right. Okay, we'll get into that then. We'll start with Inter. Inter won PSV one. Lozano scored early on, and it took until seventy three minutes for Mauro Icardi to get the equaliser. And like we kind of mentioned, it wasn't enough because Spurs got a a 1-1 draw in Barcelona. And that means Inter went out on away goals in the head-to-head with Spurs. So it was a bit of a disappointing evening at the San Siro. I was there, um, hashtag FIF at the games. And they did their wee light show. They get everybody to put their wee um, lights on on their mobile phones before the game. And the atmosphere where everybody was loving it. Everybody was up for it. And then obviously, Vieri, the uh, the goal from Dembele went in. I think it was like seven minutes or something in the camp now. So everybody was obviously, yes, here we go. Easy peasy. We're going to beat PSV. We're going to go through. Then Lodano scored. <laughs> and things kind of from there were a bit rubbish. And Inter, I thought, were quite wasteful. Um, and again, at the San Siro, against a team who had only amassed one point in all their previous five games, and they couldn't get the victory they needed, which would put them through. So it's really kind of disappointing and all Inter's own fault, I think. Absolutely. I, I mean, considering the result in Barcelona, 
uh, it's absolutely Inter's own fault. Obviously, already to get to the final game um, in that position means a lot because Inter were not favourites at all at the beginning when, when the draw came out. But the way it unravelled and the way it panned out, Inter should have done more, especially in the final game. Obviously, they got to the to that match without Nainggolan, without Vecino, with Gagliardini not in the UEFA list. So there was a bit of a problem in midfield with Candreva that started. Um, so it wasn't ideal for Inter. But the thing is, they had to win that game uh, and then have a look at what happened in Barcelona. Whereas the feeling was, they, they the moment they found out that Barcelona had scored Inter, and then when, when Inter equalized, um, <laughs> from then on, they, they just thought they were already in the next round. And then Lucas scored and it was over. Yeah, well, that's the thing. is that As soon as they scored, it was crazy being there. Because when Icardi scored that goal, the place obviously erupted. It went absolutely crazy, as you'd expect, because that that pretty much put them through. Um, and obviously the fans thought they were through, the players thought they were through. And it was like kind of party time for, I think it lasted about 12 minutes um, until Lucas Moura scored uh, exactly Barcelona. 12 minutes yes. <laughs> so, so it's 12 minutes and then after that obviously that flashed up on the San Siro scoreboard they come up that Lucas Moura had scored and then it wasn't as if like right everybody got behind the team it was almost as if the, the, just a silence descended on the San Siro and like obviously you've been there multiple times as well and you, you know what it's like when the atmosphere is fantastic there it really gets behind the team and it's a great thing but when you've got sixty, was it sixty-two thousand people in the stadium, and they're just all silent, and it can, I think it affected the team because they couldn't then relift their game to try and get a winner. Well, it it it's, uh, it gives you that extra boost, but it's, it can also take it away from you. I think it made a difference at home against Barcelona, it made a difference at home against Tottenham, um, and then in the easiest game of the group, uh, obviously the fans were there; they were behind the team. But you know, when it goes all silent, it's not easy to pick it up again. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you think um, that, that this is maybe kind of to be expected from Inter in the Champions League this season? Because in all their six games, they've went behind in every single one of them. Well, I mean, they most of the players had never played in the Champions League. Uh, Icardi himself obviously had a great impact on the competition. At the age of 25, had never played uh, in uh, Europe's top competition. So... It's you know it was a bit of crash test and I think Inter did you know were punching above their weight for most of the games. I didn't expect them to beat Tottenham. Didn't expect them to get that draw against Barcelona, even to win away at PSV. But then Inter are you know pazza, they're crazy. <laughs> and then when they needed the victory in the easiest game of the group, they didn't manage. Could, could we make any? Uh, could we blame any individuals? I'm looking at you, Quadro. Um, obviously it was his mistake that, that cost the goal and then he almost um, caused cost another one as well but a minute later right, another mistake from him and he's probably the most experienced player on that team I was in terms say, of playing yeah, in the exactly. top competitions which is a strange thing can you lay any blame on individuals? I definitely wouldn't blame it on, on individuals I think Spalletti should have pushed the team to try and score a second immediately after scoring the equaliser instead of kind of passing the ball around for those 12 minutes in between the two goals. Um, and of course, when a team doesn't perform to their level, the, the only one to, the, I mean, the main one to blame is uh, the coach. And of course, as Amoah did uh, make a huge mistake. But how can you blame any individuals? I mean, I think Inter, in the space of those six matches, did very well as a team. 
and it's it's the little details that get you out in the Champions League. Mm. All right. What about the coach then? Because um, obviously after the final whistle went on Tuesday, um, kind of where I was sitting in the press box and just beside the press box, there were a lot of fans telling Spalletti to go away, to get out. Do you think that's a bit? Do you think that's a bit of an overreaction? Because I, I certainly do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an overreaction at this stage, but I think it's very important to to notice that Inter last year had a bit of a stop around this time in December and dropped a lot of points in the league. So I think their reaction in the next games will be vital. If they win, let's say, four or five of the next six, seven games, while maintaining the current rhythm and pace in the league, then they'll have shown that maturity compared to 12 months ago. If they start losing games and drawing easy matches, then questions could be asked about Spalletti. I think Spalletti is the right man at the moment to rebuild uh, a current the current Inter uh, team and squad and get the club back regularly to Champions League football. But I don't think he's a winner. So I think to get the team to the next level, back to you know winning trophies and silverware, they might want to change in the near future. There we go. Right. Um, after the match on Tuesday, I spoke to Aaron Dickers, who is a journalist for Dutch magazine Elf Football. And this is what he thought about uh, the draw between Inter and PSV. So, Aaron, you're obviously a Dutchman from Elf Football, um, a lovely, brilliant, fantastic Dutch magazine. And PSV, a Dutch team from the Eredivisie, came to the San Siro out of everything, no chance. And they came and they were winning for 75 minutes, or not, but an hour of the game. Were you surprised of Van Bommel's approach and the team's approach against Inter when there's really nothing to play for? Um, I guess I wasn't that surprised by the approach because, like, Van Bommel. We talked about it yesterday. He's, he's, he's um, he has turned his team in the way he's playing, right? He's like making sure that the team will give everything always, even when it's a little match or, or, or a big match. They won, like, I think the first 12 or 13 games in a row in the Eredivisie. And I think it's thanks to his mentality. Of course, he has some good players who like uh, showing it also in the Champions League because, yes, they only took two points, but. In this group, you know, with these competitors, I think they did really well. And uh, yeah, today they, they showed Inter like maybe Inter underestimated or like Spalletti said, you, you know, they they were a little bit afraid of how PSV approached the game. But I think the Inter should have known that PSV was going to play like this because they have nothing to lose. And Van Bommel is some, some, a trainer who like... Uh, wants to grow with his team, like he told yesterday in the press conference. Of course, they didn't when he played at PSV, and in the end he got to the half uh, semi-final against uh, Milan. He, he also said, like with six or seven players from that team, I played together for six years. That's why we grow grew to that level, right? So now it's like uh, this team needs time to grow together. But he already told yesterday, like. I'm gonna play here for the points, right? Because like my team needs games like this, and then uh, Saturday or Sunday they will play in the Eredivisie, and I want to see how they switch from like a stadium with 60,000 people to like uh, a team where you play on syn uh, synthetic uh, underground. So it's like they should have known it at the Inter. Who is PSV? What? Who is PSV? <laughs> I want to say PS, PS, PSV. PSV. Um, so, so obviously we were we were sat next to each other in, in the uh, in the San Siro, and you said to me after Ricardi scored that goal, you said why are they taking so long? 
they're taking so long they're not doing anything like they, they need to win because Tottenham could still score and that's what happened like did, did you see something wrong in, in terms of mentality and how they approach this game in general Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. After the like in the beginning of the match, okay, it's possible because interest like doing this many more games a, a season that they are like building up in the game. Let's let's put it like that. But like this time, they, you just saw it happening, right? They just made the goal. Everybody was cheering, and then you just felt like okay, but like Tottenham can score this goal, and then it fell, and then they were like, oh, now we have to change game, right? Now we have to like uh, level up, but that's that's so difficult to do it again. So I think they made made a big mistake by not searching for the the second goal, and of course that's a little bit Italian mentality, right? It's like when you make this goal and it's enough, then you stop at that but like they, they should have expected like this could be getting worse if Tottenham make the goal and you know PSV, PSV was uh, <laughs> vulnerable at that moment after the goal so I think they should have like, got immediately on it and maybe they could have got like the second goal in like five minutes later if they were really on it but they PSV, PSV, PSV. yeah now I'm like <laughs> reflecting Italian English is stupid right and then you know they had the chance and they gave them the chance and then to get back in the game or just to not get into shock and then this is the result <laughs> do, you, do you think there's something that Inter could have done differently against PSV because on, on, on paper and even in the group stage like, like Inter should be winning a game like that at the San Siro quite easily but they struggled to, really I thought to break PSV down for the majority yeah I think maybe they should have like uh, played faster from the beginning, like how they played later in, later on in the game. But maybe we are expecting too much from Inter as well, because like if you see them the whole Champions League, they actually don't deserve to go ahead because like they don't deserve to get through. Because like if like Von Bommel said in the press conference after this match, uh, at, when they played in the Netherlands against PSV, of course. Uh, Inter should have had a red card with Andanovic and they probably should have lost that game as well so then it's a whole different game so I think no they they, they made too many mistakes this Inter and it's it, it sh it's right that they're going to the Euro Europa League and not into the Champions League it's it's not enough this season with this team okay very right moving on to Tuesday's other game and uh, this was it was another one of those ones where the Italian team had to get a result and it had to be the right result, etc, etc. And Liverpool beat Napoli 1-0. Mohamed Salah after 34 minutes, which meant Napoli finished third in the group, level on points with Liverpool and became the first team to exit a Champions League group stage after losing just one game in the group stage. <laughs> It's like they know, they know how to to, to get, get creative and and their and their ways to get knocked out of the, of the Champions League. Napoli are so unfortunate in their draw. It was the same last time round with Benitez when they they managed twelve points and got knocked out. Um, I think questions could be asked about the rules because if a team goes through having lost three out of six, and that's Liverpool, and the other one uh, is knocked out having uh, lost just one game. Maybe it's a bit unfair, but obviously we knew the rules before <laughs> the group stage started. I think Napoli, I'm with Ancelotti, uh, no regrets really, because uh, Liverpool and Paris Saint-Germain are way more ambitious, uh, much richer clubs, uh, they've got better teams. It's only fair enough in the end. But the way it panned out, a bit like for Inter, maybe Napoli could have done just 
little step more in the final game and, and get the results. Well, that's the thing is that not even the final game because I think if you're looking at performances of, of kind of the three teams, Napoli, PSG, and uh, Liverpool, you'd be it'd be tough to argue against say Napoli were the most impressive team out of those three over the entire group stage. And I think just a, it was essentially a couple of results against Red Star, obviously that that first draw, and then conceding. That late goal in the home game against Red Star, which if they hadn't have done that, they'd have went through with a 1-0 defeat against Liverpool. Absolutely, but I, I told you before, I'm completely with Ancelotti. They told him this uh, straight after the game, and his response was, you know, Liverpool would have scored two goals if they had to. To be fair, they had plenty of chances on the counter. So, mm. you know, when you have to score that second goal, maybe Mane does take those chances. And he also added that, you know, they've been unlucky in conceding that late, late equaliser uh, from Di Maria in Paris. But then... Napoli themselves scored a late goal against Liverpool in the first game. So there's a lot of, uh, I mean, Ancelotti did say, there's too many, there's too (laughs) many in favour and against Napoli. At the end of the day, you know, if if Callejon or Milik had scored those chances, it was as easy as that. Napoli had to score one goal in Liverpool to really uh, take all their chances. They didn't manage that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think the only big regret might have been not winning in Belgrade the first game. But then again, as Ancelotti said, mentioning him once again, <laughs> Liverpool lost in Belgrade. So it wasn't even that easy to get yeah. to win it, you know. Yeah. It seems like in this one, I was almost... Like, this result was almost the most inevitable, really, of the two that we were expecting the games to be tough because we expected Inter to beat PSV at home, so that was probably a bigger shock. Whereas... Liverpool going to Anfield, you're thinking, yeah, this is probably one that they will get beaten. It's, I mean, the point is, was you know, getting beaten but scoring a goal <laughs> would have been would have done the job. So, yeah, I expected the that result. I just expected it to perhaps be two one, three one. Uh, you know, a bit more goals scored in that game. What I didn't expect, to be very honest with you, uh, was that Napoli performance just because um, Liverpool did outplay them completely in midfield. And that was a, a big shock, considering how, how well Napoli had played in the, in the first game against Liverpool. Um, having said that, Napoli did have their chances. And at the end of the day, at this level, with only six matches, you need to take those chances. It's the small details that make a difference. I mean, look at it mathematically. Liverpool lost three games out of six. That's half your games. That's 50%. If you, if you did that... Over, the, over a season in the Premier League you'd, you'd get relegated you'd get relegated exactly you know, there's no way you come second if you lost 19 out of 38 matches so but over the space of six games every little counts every single goal every single chance and Napoli were just slightly unlucky or simply not as good as two teams Liverpool and PSG who are absolutely great and are amongst the best and will be clear candidates for the final victory. There we go. Right, and uh, um, obviously ha- we are hashtag FIF at the games, and uh, we had Katarina Mira at Anfield. Hi, Kat. Um, right, let's get straight into it. I want to know first off if you think that Napoli approached the game in the right way, given the, the they needed to get some kind of result at Anfield. It hasn't been the best game of Napoli season so far, of course. They started well, but then they started making many mistakes in the middle. 
due to Liverpool high pressure and some of the players struggled as well for Liverpool intensity that only ended in the last 15 minutes of the match when Napoli could have taken advantage of that. The three up front didn't do enough and so that's what Liverpool do at home. They only conceded one goal at home in Premier League this year. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain suffered two early in September on Manchester City last year in the quarterfinals. So playing at Anfield is really, really tough. The players put Napoli under a lot more pressure. Um, they interrupt the way of playing with accuracy in the midfield. So the intensity was different compared to the first game again at San Paolo for example and as Ancelotti said you can expect to go to a place like Liverpool and create 10 chances if you create just two or three you should better score the second half for example was tactically messy and Napoli absolutely needed a goal that's true but they missed also a lot of chances in the end so napoli fought until the very last minute of uh, the last game and they i think they were missing also a little bit of luck so if you're talking now about regrets it's only because they played a really competitive group stage and obviously as well there's been a lot of quite fantastic individual performances from Napoli. I mean, who who's kind of stood out most to you? Well, I believe Koulibaly was the best of the match. Uh, I watched the game from the stands and I listened to Liverpool fans also saying that he's a really good player. I liked Alan too, uh, especially for all the competition. He's a fighter and I think... In the Champions League, is but he has been the the best, along with uh, Koulibaly. Unfortunately, yesterday all the attack missed. I don't know if you've seen there was a, a lovely picture doing the rounds on social media of Mario Rui lying like busy flat on his face after Salah had gone past him. I think it was for the goal as well. Um, and some people are kind of pointing about his performance, kind of when it comes up against a world class player, he's maybe not up to that level. What do you? What's your opinion on Mario Rui? Mario Rui is doing a great season, but he was not at his best against Liverpool, as in all Champions League matches this year. He demonstrated uh, great things during this year, but yeah, in the Champions League, you should pay more attention. That's just something to reflect on that four out of five Napoli conceded goal came from his distractions. I know we spoke earlier, Rivieri, and he, he's quite kind of along the lines of it really is kind of all ifs and buts, but I'm going to be a devil's advocate. Is there any kind of ill will towards Milik for that chance that he missed right at the end, which would have put Napoli through? Well, uh, I can say just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it was the chance. It was really the chance for for ending up the game. Neil, Neil. 
I mean, he he made a really great stop, and then the conclusion was only to to forget. Then also, Alison was was really good, was excellent. So nothing to say more about that. Right, Vieri, back to me and you. Um, a couple of games on Wednesday, which were pretty much dead robbers in the sense that it didn't really make a difference because both Roma and Juventus um, were, were through. Um, and both both of the teams got beat. So I don't know if it was a case of um, that we're through, it doesn't matter, who cares, we don't need to win the games. Uh, Roma went to Victoria Pilsen and lost 2-1. Um, Kovarik scored for the home team, then Under scored not long after, and then Jory scored 10 minutes after the initial goal. So it was a, a, a nice flurry of 10 minutes with three goals and then Roma lost. Obviously this one, Di Francesco had made a lot of changes to his team. He kind of had like Santon, Mirante was playing, Marcano was there, Justin Cliver and Patrick Schick were up front. So um, a lot, obviously Roma are in terrible form right now. Right? Do, you, do you think this is a game that kind of adds to that? given that even a kind of sick-and-string Roma side should be able to beat Victoria Pilsen away from home? Or do you think this is just kind of one of them, like I said, that didn't really make a difference? So no, no, I think, I think it does make a difference because you did say Roma played a lot of uh, squad players, but they also played a lot of, of starting players as well. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think they did so because they did want to get a result considering the, the bad streak. Uh, and the bad status of form they're in, and they didn't get a result, so it's even worse. It would have been better to play just youngsters, and then you lose the game, it doesn't really matter. And the other thing that also has to be said, though, is that Victoria Pilsen were fighting for a Europa League spot, so there was a difference in in motivation as well, and I think it did come out um, throughout the 90 minutes. Yeah, there you go. Well, we're not going to go too much into it because, like I say, it was a dead rubber. And then, <laughs> quite a big, a big shock, considering the level of the two teams. Young, young boys beat Juventus 2-1. Uh, Horu scored both goals. Then a, a wonderful Paolo Dybalo goal with 10 minutes left. Um, got, got one back for Juve. And he almost got a second in the dying minutes. If it wasn't for Cristiano Ronaldo being offside and trying to get the final touch on the ball to try and get some glory. As he, he always wants it. <laughs> yes, he always wants it. And then he started moaning afterwards about how he never touched it, but he clearly tried to touch it. So, and he was offside. So that was that. But 2-1, again, Vieri, it was a, a kind of similar one in, in this game. Although Juventus didn't play as many kind of youngsters and squad players as Roma did. But the, kind of, the, the way that they approached the game was, was certainly one of a team which... I pretty much knew that they were going to finish top of the group and didn't really care too much, if I'm being perfectly honest. Well, yeah, I mean, the difference with Roma was that Juventus still had something to fight for, which was uh, topping the group. Mm. Um, and they started quite well. And then obviously they knew that Valencia were beating Manchester United 2-0, so they didn't care too much about their own result. Uh, they obviously played... You know, Cristiano Ronaldo will always want to play in the Champions League to break those records and, and get the glory, as you mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, young boys had a different kind of motivation as well. They wanted to perform well, get their, their first Champions League win in front of their fans. So I think all these things put into the mix. Um, you've had plenty of chances. So I, I don't think it's, it's that much of a big deal. It is interesting, though, to notice that Juventus, 
have never lost in Serie A, actually won all games apart from uh, yeah, a draw against Genoa. Genoa yeah. But they lost two games out of six in the Champions League. So perhaps the, this could ring a little bell um, and, uh, you know, Allegri could work on those two, three things that didn't kind of work out in Europe. Yeah, I think I think this is one kind of with with Juve. I think uh, as we get to the latter stages, I think they'll kind of start waking up because it's been a kind of problem all season for them, where they've just fallen asleep um, in games for 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 no apparent reason, and it's something Allegri's moaned about quite a lot. Um, and I, I think that's just Juventus kind of getting their, their the machine going essentially, and then by the time we get into the the knockout stages in February, they'll be hitting top gear or at least getting close to it to be able to get through the the, the knockout stages and on route to the final which is ultimately where they want to be Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, absolutely. Their aim is to be on top form in, in March. There's no point in uh, in being there now. And also, to be honest, like they don't need that much of, of top form to win the games in Serie A. So mm. th- they've already got eight points advantage in the league. If they can keep this kind of difference going into February, March, they'll, they'll be able to focus only on, uh, on the Champions League and be on top form, which is, as you said, all they want this season. Indeed, right. So... Two teams out of four uh, from Serie A have gone through to the rocket stages of the Champions League, Roma and Juve, like we mentioned. Inter and Napoli both dropped down to the Europa League, where we have representation already from Lazio, who played Eintracht Frankfurt at the Stadio Olimpico in front of about three people. Um, they got beat 2-1. Uh, Correa scored for Lazio uh, on 56 minutes, but then... Kacinovic and Haller got the two goals for Eintracht Frankfurt to give them victory. And the, the funniest thing very about this one, which I thought was that I think Eintracht Frankfurt brought about ten thousand fans to the Stadio Olimpico, um, and the the curva the curva sud was packed out and they had flares and they were doing their massive yeah. chants and songs. And in the other end, the curva nord had about two thousand, maybe if that, in it with the Lazio fans. So. 
it was a dead rubber of a game anyway, because uh, Eintracht Completely. Frankfurt had already topped the group and Lazio had already qualified in second place. So it really did make a difference, and, and the fans voted with their feet, i.e. they didn't bother coming. Yeah, I mean, we could have expected that tonight, I think. And also, Enzaghi played a lot of uh, squad players as well, so there was really no incentive to watch that match, to be very, very honest with you. But you still did. You, you're, you're hardcore, Vieri Capretta. You sat and watched it. You're a better I man did. than I. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Working uh, for UEFA, you know, you have to kind of appreciate the Europa League, which, uh, I mean, in the end, it was uh, a fun match to watch, and there were some interesting aspects to it. Wouldn't go too much into them. But what it has to be noted is that Lazio got another defeat. And uh, it's not exactly ideal considering their, their current state in the league as well. Obviously, they drew a lot of matches recently, so they just need to get those victories. Inzaghi seemed very pleased with the performance after the game uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, Lazio need to get out of this tunnel right now. And on the other side, you know, Eintracht Frankfurt, could be, you know, a contender for the Europa League. A lot of teams will have to be very careful. They won six and six in their group, a group with Lazio and Marseille. Mm. Uh, so not easy at all. Indeed, indeed, right. Well, and obviously the big news in the Europa finally, League. Finally, we're there. The uh, the big news is the AC Milan are out of the Europa League after can be three one by Olympiakos in Greece. Uh, Cissé scored on the hour, then uh, Zapata on goal, nine minutes after that, made it 2-0. And this was the result which would have put Olympiacos through, but, but I think it was 110 seconds later, Zapata scored, I think, with his thigh to get to make it 2-1, which meant Milan were going back through again. But then a quite controversial penalty given away by Ignacio Abate and scored by Fortunis meant that Olympiacos got the result which put them through um, on, I think it was on, was on a head-to-head record or on goals, Vieri? I can't remember. Uh, no, they, they got the exact same result, 3-1 at mm-hmm. home. So it was on, on so goals, goals in the end. Yeah, so there you go. So goals made the difference. Um, well, Where to begin? <laughs> Where do we start? Right, first off, I'll start Blamour Crap for the entire game. The a couple of chances, but for the most part, they were rubbish. Um, Olympiacos clearly wanted this more. Um, should we start with the penalty, actually? We'll start with the penalty, because Gattuso, after the game, didn't, he was convinced it wasn't a penalty. Um, Leonardo, the, the general director of Milan, convinced it wasn't a penalty. Um, I, I'm more in the camp that it's one that the referee can give. So there, there's definitely a foul there. So it's maybe not given as many times as people would like, but as one, you, you make the referee make a decision and if it goes against you, as it did tonight, then you pay for it. So what do you think? I mean, I wouldn't have given that penalty and um, I understand that obviously the, the Milan coach and the director would talk about that as you know, also a decisive uh, factor, but I appreciate it a lot more Gattuso who just about mentioned it and then went on to talk about all his own faults, all the team's faults, rather than Leonardo that kept on talking about the referee's mistakes. Leonardo spoke about that mistake, the penalty. He spoke about the fact that the first goal of Olympiacos uh, came from a corner kick that wasn't a corner kick. Um, you know, he basically just blamed the referee. He blamed the fact that there were flares in the stadium. Oh, yeah, no, wait, hold on. The best bit, though, Vieri, was when he, he said it was too noisy 
for the wee Milan players. They couldn't hack the noise. They, they, they knew that beforehand as well. You know that you're going to get that kind of atmosphere. And you're right. They wanted it more. Olympiacos, the fans, the players. And that could have been a penalty. Could not have been a penalty. AC Milan, a team that won seven Champions League, cannot be in the position to let a controversial penalty uh, make a difference. So, so, so I think we're kind of on, on the same lines here in terms of that. They shouldn't be more about decisions like that. They should concentrate like Gattuso did on mistakes. Mistakes all over the pitch. Chalanoglu was, did he even play? Who knows? Zapata, again, did well at one end by getting the goal, but then was a liability at the back. Rodriguez, Calabria, Abate, you're just kind of looking through that team. Castillejo as well. And you're just thinking, Phew. It's too many players who aren't good enough, or they might be good enough, but they're not putting in the, what is required of them as well. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've said it a million times, even when Milan were getting results, I don't think the squad is good enough uh, to consistently get good results. The biggest disappointment has to be Gonzalo Guayin. You didn't mm. mention him. I didn't. But when, I was waiting on you to do it. <laughs> whenever the pressure is on... <laughs> I mean, he just always disappears. And a, a player who's you know, scored that many goals in his career, who's uh, achieved a lot, regard, a lot less than what he could have achieved, but still a fair amount, has to come into a game like this and make a difference. Hmm. I think that hasn't. That's kind of a thing that's just like you, you. You're kind of seems like you kind of want him to be like a leader. In that team, and he's never been a leader in his career. But that's something I think Milan lack in general. They don't have any leaders in the team. They don't. It's the first thing that Gattuso came out uh, saying was, apart from the fact he said in in Italian, he's fucking angry. And (laughs) literally, that's what he said. But he said the reason he is like that is because not only they had, you know, AC Milan had worked hard on a lot of these situations that then the players uh, weren't able to enact Mm. on the pitch, but also that he was very annoyed about the difference in determination between Olympiacos and AC Milan. And that goes down to, as you said, leadership. Obviously, you've got Leonardo, Maldini uh, representing the club. You've got Gattuso who are trying to transmit this leadership and the mentality to the players week in, week out. And they always talk about it, mm-hmm. even when they get a good result. But there's no player on the pitch who, who really can get that and, um, and replicate it. Obviously, Guayin was uh, one of should have been one of the main ones when he arrived in the summer because yes, he's never been a leader, but coming from his experience, you'd expect him to do so. Um, and tonight, it absolutely came out. Olympiacos aren't a better team than AC Milan, but they wanted it a lot more. And at this level, it can make a difference. Mm. And that's the thing as well. Like Gattuso also said in his press conference afterwards, he says that since last year that the Milan haven't kind of moved forward in terms of. That that personality, and he, he kind of the, the the almost killer instinct as well. And I think it was funny. He says he wants them to go out and hurt opponents, but instead he, he said Milan tickle opponents, which I thought was quite <laughs> good. It was full. His quotes tonight were fantastic. He was on it today. Absolutely. Um, do, do you think that like with, with Gattuso kind of admitting his faults? Do you think that that that's Obviously, he, he, it's something that we can kind of use as a stick to beat him with and say, right, maybe he's not good enough for a club at this level. He's clearly got ideas about what he wants to do and he's not getting that across. So then that's obviously a failing on his part and therefore should he still be in the job? I think uh, Gattuso, I like a lot 
what he says every time. So in terms of communication, uh, he's been absolutely great. I'm not convinced by his tactics, or at least not always, but I don't think he's the problem. I think the problem is the squad. I think a lot of players are... Um, they, too much is expected of them. You know, the likes of Big Yakesi, uh, Bakayoko, Chalanoglu, I think, is the prime example. So overrated, <laughs> if you ask me. Just, just literally, you know, you'd expect... Chalanoglu was bought from Bayer Leverkusen because he could score goals uh, quite regularly because he's got a great shot, uh, technique, assists. Set pieces when as well. does this happen? <laughs> he never produces anything. And oh. I like the guy. I've got nothing against him as a, as a human being and as a player. He's decent, but he's not good enough to be consistently the, the player AC Milan need. Hmm. Yeah, if you get if you get what I mean, like consistently week in week out, you know that from that player you can expect that kind of performance. I think Milan have about two or three of those players, uh, perhaps Romagnoli, um, Cutrone, that's Suso, Suso, Suso maybe. Suso, perhaps this, this season certainly, maybe not last season, but this season he stepped up a bit as well. Um, but yeah, so I don't think right. it's Gattuso's fault. You know, going back to him, I think uh, if he had three or four players who were more consistent and had a bit more mentality and leadership, he could definitely have come out of this group, you know, still in the Europa League and be fighting for that for that Champions League spot, which he already is. Really. Well, well, that's the thing. They're in fourth place in the Serie A table. They're only three points behind Inter as well. Um, so they're certainly fighting for that. Do, do you think that being out of the Europa League will be beneficial for them because the teams around them, Inter and Lazio, are both still in? Europe come February, so um, they'll have like they, they'll have to utilize their squads. Where now Milan can kind of do the the old trick of one game a week, play your best team, get the points, etc., etc. I honestly don't think it makes that much of a difference, especially when you crash out in this way. You know, it's not like oh, you know, we're out, but we we tried our best. This could have bigger repercussions. Um, psychologically than having two extra games to be played <laughs> you know because at, at the moment it's only two and the Europa League let's not forget is a trophy that a team like Inter or Lazio or even this current AC Milan side could have gone on to win hmm. Hmm. yeah no you're right they could have although I was chatting to an Inter fan last night who said that he would rather Inter won the Coppa Italia than the Europa League to make sure Juventus don't win the treble so. <laughs> <laughs> So, so there you go. Legendary. Inter fans have their priority straight. Coppa Italia before everything else. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right, Vera Capretta, thank you very much for joining me for this FIF Europod. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you can follow the, the the Italian football journalist, FIF man, Vera Capretta, UEFA man as well, on the Twitter, at Vera Capretta. I'm at Dovskiavone. The website is at Syria FFC. Follow us on there. And also follow us on Instagram as well. We're on the Instagram. We do stories and everything. It's great. We've got GIFs and emojis and all that rubbish. So go on there. Um, and also get on the website. And until, well, this will be the last Europod until 2019. So have a good Christmas and have a happy new year. And we will be back when the Champions League and Europa League starts back in February. So until then, there's nothing left for me to say apart from. Arrivederci. I don't like your T-Series. Nothing personal, kid. But I must go all out. Just this once. 
Bob's or Vagana, whichever will it be Set the fuck down, T-Series, I'm here to spill the real tea You tryna dethrone me from spot on number one But you in the air, you lose, so best thing you haven't won When I'm through with you, we're gonna be completely fucking done Cause we only just begun, I review you Zero five is gone, so come on, T-Series Looking hungry for some drama Here, let me serve your bitch lasagna Bitch lasagna, bitch lasagna T-Series ain't nothing but a bitch lasagna Bitch lasagna, bitch lasagna Look at T-Series, they just crying for their mama Bitch lasagna, bitch lasagna T-Series ain't nothing but a bitch lasagna Bitch lasagna, bitch lasagna Is Bob and why you wanna kiss him? Ew. I'm a blue eyes white dragon while you're just dark magician. Oof. You got a fifth of the population in your nation, but I got 90 rolls of world to hold your defecation. Multipatlo, what the fuck is that even supposed to mean? Your language sounds like it come from a mumbo rap community. No papa, no papa, yes papa, Johnny. Now down all of the sugar and let's throw this fucking party with some bitch lasagna, bitch lasagna. Look at these series, they just crying for their mama. Bitch lasagna, bitch lasagna. T-Series ain't nothing but a bitch lasagna Bitch lasagna, bitch lasagna Look at T-Series, they just wet in their pajama Bitch lasagna, bitch lasagna T-Series ain't nothing but a bitch lasagna You got a population of 1.32 billion But most your videos can't seem to hit even a Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.